bunch of teachers, of course, uh, that have been uh, teaching for uh, a number, Far too of, long. Uh, number of years. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and some of us to, uh, I guess, to stave off the feeling of being burnt out. We like to uh, come together and, uh, and uh, chat about things outside of our, uh, our normal realm of uh, conversation within the walls of, of our places of work. So today's topic, it's about the program that is the uh, international uh, program for vaccinating um, on a global scale because I think we can all agree that uh, um, without um, herd immunity uh, around the entire world we're going to see COVID hanging around with us for a long time. What is your take on, on the World Health Organization's COVAX program? There is some uh, concern among uh, WHO members that uh, the wealthier countries, uh, which of which we uh, definitely fall into, are um, are not moving fast enough to provide uh, the poorer countries with the vaccine. What's your take on on how globalization is performing? Uh, under this uh, new lens of the COVID vaccine and sharing that? I think that it, uh, I think it points out some of the inherent weaknesses in the capitalist system on a global scale, right? So, I mean, if you don't have some level of interference in the market, then inevitably you're going to get things like the refusal of licensing pharmaceutical factories in India to produce vaccines that are necessary for India to get the COVID outbreak under control. And from a global perspective, the problem with that is the development of variants. So if we continue to look at the, the, the COVID uh, pandemic as an opportunity to make money and as an opportunity for large you know, pharmaceutical corporations to make profit, then we're going to see the continued spread of COVID. And the, if... If one of the variants that's developing becomes, you know, uh, a variant with a, a much higher mortality rate, then by allowing the pharmaceutical companies to make profit off of the COVID pandemic, we could be creating a system where we see deaths in the range of the pandemic in 1918 that killed, you know, like 1% of the mm-hmm. global human population. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Pfizer, uh, who is uh, making the AstraZeneca um, has been it has been reported that they've already made some two billion dollars profit just off of the COVID vaccine alone. Um, Tom, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears for a little bit. You were uh, quite involved uh, with a number of sort of school, really local club initiatives to raise funds. Um, to help uh, people and uh, um, and kids uh, who don't have what we have, um, what were some of those things that uh, that you did uh, with your with your clubs? I know we had a United Way concert to raise funds. Um, uh, you built a school. What else did you do? 
Wow, uh, that's a long time ago. We started with uh, Free the Children, which has uh, obviously morphed into the WE organization, and we know all about what they've been up to with uh, our federal government. Uh, but before all of that, yeah, so we built one school in Sierra Leone uh, with Free the Children. We also worked with an organization called Bruce Peru, uh, and we built a school in Peru with them. Um, and just being on the radar of all these sort of nonprofit organizations, we got in touch with uh, World Vision, which is, I think, what you were referring oh, to. Oh, yes, we, right. Um, they needed a theater on the island to do uh, some sort of Vancouver Island campaign, and so they, they realized that Spectrum had the theater, so we agreed to host that show. Um, which brought Neil Osborne of 5440 here. That was a pretty cool experience. Um, and then Sean Hlukoff, who's now Sean Hook. How did that all happen? I don't even remember. Feed the Need. He was involved with feeding the homeless or the less fortunate. And so he did a concert at our school to uh, raise awareness and raise money. What has, in your opinion, what has the attitude toward NGOs uh, how has that evolved how, has it changed since you uh, were were working uh, heavily with them I think my eyes have been opened somewhat I mean I'm, I'm a lot more skeptical of, of things than I was going into it bright-eyed and bushy-tailed back in the day when we were doing all this social justice stuff and I think a lot of things have come to light particularly around the we organization and as things mm -hmm. get bigger and more commercial and more corporate it was a while ago that uh jeff and i kind of decided no nah, we don't know yeah uh it, it seemed like a lot of advertising and less sort of getting people that were actually legitimately involved in stuff and it was right. just sort of bringing in big names and people who were how questionably they were involved with what you know whatever the organization stood for so we just mm -hmm. kind of went eh. and you don't want to think that but yeah where is the money going right and so yeah we sort of and and news media they tend to go uh, from one story to the next and uh they might cover something for a week and that's about it sort of thing there's not a lot of long-term stories uh, mm -hmm. around ngos and I mean, uh, I guess Jenny would recall the the situation in Haiti with the Red Cross money yeah. di basically disappearing from from uh, Canadian wallets into right. into uh, developers who just walked away and didn't reconstruct anything there or provide any aid or to yeah. the suffering people or the educational opportunities that they promised to provide or mm. I, th I think we did a show for Haiti and, yeah. and gave the money to Red Cross I we think. did yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And you missed out um, the work that you did helping with the reconstruction of Japan after the earthquake too and there's you, right there's right. a bunch yeah. of other stuff yeah. you, you've done Tom that you skipped over yeah. you you also yeah. built a shelter for street children right um, hmm. And like a, a couple of other things. Hurricane Katrina. That, we sent that's right. Hurricane Katrina. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, I can't think of a major global disaster that you or one of the uh, groups of kids that you supported haven't contributed to helping the less fortunate through. Yeah. Which I've always found really inspirational. And uh, it's kind of, uh, it, it just ties right in with uh, Canada's reputation 
as one of the uh, largest per capita donators to NGOs and uh, those who are less fortunate. And I miss doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we all do. We with COVID and mm-hmm. the school year not being what it is and not being able to use the theater and not being able to get a group of kids together outside of the curriculum and and see how passionate they are about these things it's been sort of an impossible thing to do and that's just one more thing that we haven't been able to do right around here we we teach our classes but that's about it and they're all split up as it is anyway so right yeah those are the things that sort of bring the school together and the community together and the staff together and you know disparate group of kids together and it's always yeah. a, a cool thing to do but yeah Michael Dunahy we did something with his family as That's well right. right so yeah uh yeah just these things are are great to do but um uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk with uh Alan for a second Alan you um and and I'm gonna talk with you uh, in your capacity as just a citizen. All right. Have you have you received uh, those kinds of uh, phone calls or solicitations from from NGOs uh, at home? Um, absolutely. Yeah. Even this week, uh, UNICEF phoning for sure. Okay. And and what has been the the general reaction to them coming? Are you uh, do you feel strapped? They're like, oh, I just can't do it this year. Um, it's it's hard. It's getting mm-hmm. it's getting more and more difficult. Um, I wonder if it's getting more and more difficult for them, and maybe they're kind right. of feeling a bit more desperate to to get more money out of their donors. Mm-hmm. I'm somebody who you know writes a check to, at yeah. the end of the year to you know UNICEF and others. Yeah, and then they they seem very keen on getting people like to give a monthly donor. Right. System, yes. Which which I understand. Yeah. Um, they've got ongoing expenses, but I can imagine that, and I've heard that it's kind of rough times for the the NGO sector because many people are out of work or their income is reduced. Yeah. So their the level of donations I think is is down, if I'm not mistaken. The elephant in the room may be that uh, that uh, people are wising up to how much uh, is being spent on administrative. Uh, parts of NGOs and and the money not going directly to the people who need it. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a huge mm-hmm. part of it, right? Absolutely. And I think it's a combination of factors. It's like we've become more aware of the administrative costs and the percentage of money that goes to the individuals in need versus the percentage of money that goes to the corporate entity. Mm-hmm. And people are also feeling strapped and stressed and people are out of work. Mm-hmm. I had UNICEF come to my house last week, mm-hmm. and um, and I am now making a monthly donation to you. UNICEF. Way to yeah. go. Yeah, I, should, I should match that. They promised me that it would provide clean drinking water for 40 children per month, wow. right? So yeah. I felt like that was an attempt on the part of the organization to ameliorate my concerns about where the money was going. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, the two kids that showed up at the door looked so stressed and desperate, and they said that Uh, people had clearly been really mean to them all day. I was nice to them, and they were stunned. Like, they were stunned Mm. that I was treating them like human beings. Mm. It was a little heartbreaking, actually. Yeah, I guess door-to-door is very difficult nowadays. I mean, uh, we've heard uh, Canada Post even advising uh, homeowners to, you know, be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, protect 
protect their dogs from from their uh, posties <laughs> who are uh, we got the advertisement last week yeah. saying please keep your dogs away from us right yeah see my yeah. my postie brought my dog's biscuits yeah hmm. we don't even have a dog and we got the really got the brochure oh. so. so i i guess as citizens i guess it's on us to do do our homework so to speak and then find out what what organizations like unicef that probably put a lot of that money if not all kind of on the ground yeah to the people yeah. who need it well because unicef is a united nations organization exactly. and they can actually make guarantees about where the money that you're giving them is going I, I feel more confident giving them money than perhaps more of an independent charity organization or somebody who's paid the prime minister's family hundreds of thousands of dollars to speak at their events yeah the poor uh it's, it's poor a, judgment it's at true. best yeah completely collapsed now i guess that organization uh imploded because <laughs> that that's sort of like for me it kind of blurred the boundaries between what what is an ngo and what is a corporation because mm-hmm. I, I think they were kind of pushing they were kind of acting as an ngo but also acting as a corporation a well, for-profit corporation at the same that's time that's a real problem with a lot of the ngos is that they are also simultaneously acting as for-profit corporations and mm-hmm. like right. tom was saying that just it, it makes you not want to get involved because you don't know what you're working towards mm-hmm. and with that particular organization we started working with them way back when mm-hmm. when and i i know that they i don't know but i think that they mean well yeah uh, we met craig uh, at an event, he came and talked to us and talked to our kids, and he—they're fantastic guys. And I think, if you know the story and how it all got started, I mean, obviously their hearts in the right place and everything, but it just got—it got too big, and they uh-huh. started when when you know when bands start out in there, and then all of a sudden there's all these extra people around, and and things get a little bit of success, and things get kind of shady, and you wonder, right, what's going on? And I think that may have happened, and. Yeah, we saw it happen every every year when we'd go to Wee Day. You saw more and more corporations, more and more banks, more and more insurance companies, more right. and more of sponsoring sponsors, yeah. more people uh, taking up more time. Hmm. And as I said, more more guest speakers that were kind of questionably related to to social justice issues more than yeah. He was Ever. just a kid when he started it. Yes. I mean, he mm-hmm. spoke in front of uh, yep. the House Committee um, in in the U.S. and uh, and when you were getting yourself and the school involved, uh, he wasn't m- that much older than the students themselves, was he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's there's such a need for for their work, like that that organization is is virtually collapsed, but but the needs are still. Still there and great, and then I guess the question is who who then mm-hmm. fulfills all of those necessary tasks. Harkens back to your uh, your question of uh, doing your homework, and and uh, um, we're seeing a lot more uh, media, uh, independent media coverage on the uh, sort of the the issue of greenwashing or whitewashing, uh, trying to make uh, these. Uh, NGOs and uh, and uh, organizations that are, I guess, wanting to have our best interest at heart, we're seeing a lot of them have these because their need for 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 money for sponsorship. We're we're seeing their ties uh, to big corporations 
kind of rotting them from the inside, aren't they? Yeah. Well, corporations mm-hmm. only only have one goal, right? To give money to their shareholders. It mm. is their only responsibility. Yeah. So whenever you see corporations getting involved in missions of mercy or human justice initiatives, you have to remember that they're not getting involved in it in order to help. They're getting involved in it because there's a potential to make profit in some way or a potential to increase the value mm. of their shares. So they can please their shareholders. It, it is not a. It's not an altruistic motivation. Yeah. So whenever you see corporations getting involved in an initiative like this, you have to know that there is some kind of profit margin at play. And in fact, I think I think it's it's an effective form of marketing. It is, and, and it's, yeah. it's a growing form of marketing. Mm-hmm. Well, because the younger generation is so wrapped up in these social justice initiatives, they want to make positive change. They want to feel like they're contributing to positive change, and that the way that they're spending their money is contributing to positive change. So, if corporations can show them a, a vision of positive change, if you will, whilst at the same time continuing their you know, corporate practices behind the screen and plundering the resources and, Mm -hmm. you know, the labor force of the developing world, then that's in their best interest. And they're, it's like a propaganda machine, right? They're utilizing these NGOs as a method of propagandizing their, their, I guess, public image and to create a public image that is more pleasing to the consumer so that the consumer can look the other way at, at their more negative practices. And then feel good about buying their products or, right. or sponsoring them. Yeah. I do want to say, though, um, I'm just one of a whole number of people who were affected by the Kielberger's presentations and mm-hmm. how they spoke and the passion that they obviously have. Uh, so now, you know, they turned a lot of teachers and students and young people, hundreds and thousands of them all over the world, onto being aware of what's happening to kids everywhere and and you know for that you have to applaud them and and you know how whatever else has happened to that organization right they you know i can picture the kids that i i was involved with and this is happening all over the place there's this groundswell of of awareness on the part of these young people that want to do stuff mainly because they heard them speak or they heard, yeah. they were inspired. I think that um I think that that like you said that they had really good intentions and I don't think that they probably were aware of uh, the role that corporations were playing. I imagine something like that is kind of insidious too, right? Like you take the money because you can use the money to do good work. And then before you know it, you're a partially owned subsidiary of the Coca-Cola Foundation, right? Like I think that's more what happened. I don't think that, because they're not the corporations. They, they are the social activists and the corporations use the social activists. It's, it's really insidious when you think about it. You take these people who have this beautiful idea right. and are willing to put work into it, are inspirational and charismatic, and then you use that. Like Wacky Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. You use it, it to essentially achieve the opposite of what these people's intentions are, mm-hmm. which is, I'm not sure if that's the definition of evil, but it's got to be up there. Whereas right? they, they may have seen this, poss- pardon me, the possibility of, of corporate sponsorship as, as a means to... Um, contributing more and, mm-hmm. and to doing more good yeah, works. That's right. right. 
they might even have believed that the corporations had good intentions no because doubt. they themselves were working off of good intentions and they couldn't imagine a group of people that could exploit and take advantage of starving children in order to increase their profit margin. Because I could very easily see the Kilbergers looking at like, like, well, no one would do that. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, it's the definition of evil. What they failed to understand was that corporations, if you actually start to look at what the definition of evil is, often fall very close to that mark. So this uh, basically wraps things up and uh, pushes us in our direction for next time. We're going to be talking about how climate change is affected uh, by NGOs and uh and and what sort of uh, greenwashing is going on behind the scenes uh in the whole movement to uh keep our co emissions down thanks for uh, joining us alan tom and uh jenny thanks for me Thank always you. a pleasure guys <laughs>